1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Pop culture.
0: culture, Subculture. Music. Horror. Sex. Politics. Art. And overall bad bad ass. ass. This, this is, is Society, Society 13, 13. redefining podcasting. Music, music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. Subculture. and And overall badass. welcome 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 to kettle Kettle whistle Whistle radio Radio. Radio. with your host host, dave Dave and sean Sean.
2: Happy COVID, Sean Feldrich. How are you doing today? Good. How are you,
3: man? I don't know.
2: Yeah, practicing COVID culture still. What is today's date, Sean? What is
4: it, the 4th of December 2020?
2: Um, yeah.
4: I think so. I'm, I'm not sure.
2: Okay. Well. I, I've, lo- I've lost track of time and dates. Yes, I know. I had a meeting last night uh, about the next upcoming project, and, uh, I said good morning to everybody at 11:30 at night, and there it is.
3: I always
4: make the, I always make the mistake of telling people um, good morning, uh, and, and you know, right around the time when it's like lunchtime or something like that, I still feel
2: like oh, it's still morning to me. Yep. Oh yeah. But you know, usually I'd do that like when I'd go on a
4: run on the trail or something like that. I'd go and be like, hey, good morning. I'd wave to somebody if they waved at me and. <laughs> I feel like an idiot.
2: (laughs) No, no. It it happens. That's COVID culture. That's what we're all dealing with right now. But uh, coming up here, folks, friends, and fiends, we will have an old guest back, uh, Brian DeVoe from Nine Days, but he has a solo project out. We're going to talk about that. And I believe, Sean, it's the first time you're meeting Brian, right? Yep.
4: First time uh, on kettle whistle radio, and in life, period. <laughs> there
2: you go. He's a good guy. We go, we go back a few, uh, elementary school to be exact. Uh, he's the guy that got me into Def Leppard early, early on. So, give you a little perspective. And, and
4: the Def Leppard, the uh, the early days Def Leppard. That's that correct. Was that was much different than the Def Leppard that we
2: know today. Absolutely, yes. That is uh, the first three records. A lot of people say the fourth one, Hysteria, which was a big one, of course. But I love the first three the best. So that's just me. So anyway, so what, how's your COVID experience these days? You, you still working?
4: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm still working. I uh, Most of the time I work from home, um, you know, just telework. And, um But there are certain times, like next week, for instance, I have to go into the office for three days. And, of course, when you're in the office, you have to social distance and wear a mask and, you know, do all the stuff. And um, so I'll be probably me and just maybe one or two other people in the office next week. Um, It used to be two people per hallway. Right. Um, you know, in a, in a office cubicle environment, yeah. but, um, now they, they want just one person per owl and, uh, it's really just about having a physical presence in the office in case something needs shipped or something needs, you know, you know, something needs dealt with there in the office. But I don't really deal with that stuff because of course, you know, I, I do cyber security.
3: Yeah. So
2: Well, I'm glad to hear you're still working, and uh, everybody's healthy in your world. Uh, We can get into that a little bit more some other time. Uh, Maybe a little later in this conversation, I can bring up what's going on with me. It was interesting, to say the least. Uh, I
4: actually actually have a neat little story for you. It's kind of crazy. Um, Okay. You know, because we've been talking, that we had to recently move my daughter to a new apartment um, uh, due to some... uh, irreconcilable differences with with her roommates but uh you know we had just moved her and literally like the next day or or within a couple days there was a shooting literally right outside of her old apartment where she used to live in the south side of pittsburgh
2: you gotta be kidding and
4: uh no no it's like it's like a sign like you know we moved just in time, or something. It feels like.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> but She's it. really,
4: she's she's really happy. She's living in a studio apartment, and uh, that that's pretty cool. So.
3: Damn.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to help you with that move. I, I don't know what happened there, but probably better you didn't. Uh, again, we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh my god! A little teaser for later, but yeah, um, I think our guest is going to be calling in here again. Brian Devo of the band Nine Days, Long Island band. Uh, we've had him on before, and uh, a lot of people would remember them from Absolutely a Story of a Girl. It was the big hit, hitting right around the time of Napster. That story can be heard on the earlier episodes with Brian. It's a heartfelt tale. Oh, frustrating. But, all right, I believe he is calling in right now, so... I'm here. That's really loud.
3: <laughs> hey, Dave. Hey,
2: are you there? Is
5: this thing
2: working? Yeah, it certainly is. Can you hear me? I could hear you. I can't see. Oh, yeah. my the no camera on, no camera. But that's okay. Oh, there you are, hey man. Nice shirt. I wish I had my camera on. Brian Brian Devoe is on the line right now, folks. Um, he's wearing his Rush T-shirt. I am wearing an Ace Frehley shirt for you. And awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. I, by the way, we have a third party here. My my uh, co-host Sean is um, not in the studio, but he's on the phone. Uh, the first time you guys are going to meet. Cool, cool. Hey. you there, Sean? Hey, Brian.
5: Yep. Just get a little closer. It's, it, I'm on You're on my... I haven't used Skype since uh, oh. since I was employed, actually, with my wine business, so...
2: <laughs> I understand. I understand. It's... Yeah, it's... Uh, Skype isn't my friend all the time, and we're using it at, like, a prime time, so we'll get lucky here, possibly. But, cool. uh, all right, so how you doing, man? First of all, you're surviving. Everybody healthy in your world?
5: Yeah, I'm um, so far. Uh, my wife, Jenna, is a social um social worker director in a nursing home so um she's been fine but it's it's getting kind of crazy now
2: yes yes Um,
5: obviously we've all been going through this since March and um we've been okay and I was working pretty much up until August and then my company was bought out and um it just didn't work out for me with the other company so I kind of been just hanging around making music and uh kind of worked out because I and spend time now um, releasing
2: my record which i did today actually <laughs> absolutely yes we're talking about full heart folks um yeah everybody can buy it because
5: i need the money now i gotta pay a mortgage
2: that's right man i'm sorry to hear about the job but i'm also glad to hear you making music and you got time to do it that's what you were born to do um I, sean uh, you still with us there uh, sean we've all had hardships with our jobs but sean's hanging on he works from home and uh yeah we're, we're surviving you know uh what can i tell you i had a brush i'll i'll say this uh, sean is aware of it i uh I had a, a test done because due to exposure, possibly. Came out negative. You hear that, Sean? Do you yeah. Care? Oh, you care? Okay. I just want to make sure he still cares, Brian. It's really important. <laughs> 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 so, but, yeah, it came out negative. Uh, the only thing is we're waiting on, some other folks close by to get their test tomorrow and uh, see where they stand. But other than yeah. that, you know, just life goes on. You know, you got to keep moving. The holidays are here. Are you ready for them, Brian? Or
5: well, um, we went through Thanksgiving, um, and we uh, we were pretty. Um, you know, we wanted to go back to New York, but there was just no way. And same thing with Christmas. So we're um, we're ready. Actually, after this, I'm gonna put up the lights on the house. So if it awesome. doesn't get too cold out there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I got I got it done too. Yeah, we forgot we had a little uh, Mayfo pas there where uh, we where we have an hour difference. So we otherwise you'd be listening to this an hour sooner, folks. <laughs> That's not true.
5: Yeah. Oh, we live? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I like to pretend. It's okay if we
2: are. It's fun to pretend, right, Sean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but we, it's not that we couldn't or don't. We have, but sometimes that's an absolute disaster unless you're all prepared. And we've had live performances, which there'll be more of that. Brian, I'd love to have you in the studio sometime. But uh, yeah. let's talk about. All right, Full Heart. Uh, I I got a little snippet of that earlier on. Uh, I guess the last time you were on, we played "Wish You Were Well." Correct? Yes i didn't Wait, know how
5: long, how long ago was that actually? uh a
2: year and a half maybe six months to a year i'm not sure it had to be longer than a year now
5: yeah um that that song was the first song i wrote for this record and it was um the record was actually john from my band nine days uh-huh. he um he had all this. He always has tons of music. The guy writes like a lot, <laughs> and um, he's like, "I gotta get these songs recorded. I'm gonna do a record." And I'm like, "Oh, I'll do a record too," you know. And, right. Uh, that's about three years ago, and um, I uh, was just gonna do like this kind of country record because I'm in Nashville and I kind of write country still. Actually, I'm not really doing it anymore because I'm just bored of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, you did tell me. And that. I don't know what country music is anymore. <laughs> yeah. you know, no offense to everybody, but um, so. I wrote Wish You Were Well and it obviously has a big meaning and that just it just took on a new life from there and um, I just started pulling songs out every time I wrote a newer song and then I said hey I got a whole record here almost Um, and then there was a couple other songs that I had written prior that just fit so uh, that's when I decided okay I'm gonna do this. Um, I probably wrote it all in 2018. Okay. And then 19 recorded it. And like, you know, working and stuff, like I'm not a full-time musician. Like I, we used to be, we'd go do a record in a month, you know? And right. um, so it, it took a while, but, but it's finally out. And um, I'm, I am doing vinyl like we talked and um, I just hit some roadblocks with that, but that seems to be on the right track now. So I wanted to have it both for Christmas, but um, the mile's worth the wait, so I think February I should have that ready.
2: That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. ex- I'm excited to hear that because I'm back and I, I got the wife a new uh, stereo system with a record player. So we've been buying all kinds oh. of vinyl. It's a great habit to get back. I still have my old vinyl. Oh, and going back so to I- some, you know, honestly, uh, Brian, I think you're right. Yeah, it goes back. It's I guess it's been two years since you've been on here, I guess. My fault. It, it might be. It yeah. doesn't <laughs> seem like it. But, yeah, just to go back to that, you know, it's kind of funny, too. We we always have these Star Wars moments when we start these things off. Uh, David Prowse just passed. Uh, yeah. Darth, Darth Vader. Yeah, I I did get to meet him before he died. Uh, I don't know if you no, got that's to meet. Awesome. Yeah, he but he wasn't really proud of that role as much as he was playing Frankenstein. So if you meet him, met him, it was, you, you talked Frankenstein in the Hammer film. Yeah,
5: because you have a mask on, at Darth Vader, and it's a different voice. So.
2: Correct. <laughs> you are correct, yes. He, he was nice enough, though. He came around the table, and he goes, David, I'm David. And he, we shook my hand. Nice guy. Very nice guy. Awesome. That was awesome. a while ago, too. But, yeah, so, yeah, uh, Sean, I, I, me and uh, Brian here saw Jedi together when it came out. That goes. That's our history. We go that far back.
4: Oh wow! How, was it so, was it so, Jedi or Empire? It, it was guys.
2: Jedi at the Fox Theater. Yeah. Um, oh
5: God, the Fox Theater. Sixth grade. Teenagers.
2: That was sixth grade. We were twelve, right? Jedi's. Yeah. Yeah, twelve, going on thirteen.
5: Eighty-three. That was a. It was a big music year too for me. Man, um, but yeah. then Return of the Jedi, uh, which is not one of my favorite of the movies. Right. But, it, it was, is what
2: it is. Any Star Wars is good. It was fun. Yeah, it was a line was wrapped around the block. Uh, later on, I do have a question for you from a, a Long Island person. Uh, that it, it's going to pick your brain, but we'll get to that later. Go ahead, Sean. Sure. You had something. Well, I was going to ask him if, if
4: you know. Well, both of you really are. You guys both fans of the new the Mandalorian show? I am. Love it. I love it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I the,
4: think it's better. I, I um.
5: It's 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 just. Re- I've said this when um when the middle movies came out, the Rogue One and all that stuff. I just love all the connections yeah. to the old movies, of course, and I think that's what a lot of us feel.
2: Absolutely um, nostalgia, yeah. The, the
5: the latest trilogy is is interesting cuz <laughs> I was excited to see every movie. Yes. And I liked the Force Awakens. That was the first one, right? It was
2: great. Yes. Uh-huh. Enjoy and it. And then
5: the next two were kind of like, okay, and and especially <laughs> the third one Just the way all the characters kind of came, how they put everything to the end. Um,
2: Yeah. I don't know. It didn't flow. It didn't flow.
5: You know, John, again, he's a huge Star Wars fan. So I always go to him when I want information (laughs) because he sees each movie like 15
3: times.
5: (laughs) And um, these movies, I just, I I always buy them after too. So I have them at home. Right. But I don't know. I I didn't, it didn't make me want to go back and watch them again. I I hate to say this, but I actually think I enjoyed the prequels better. (laughs)
4: I know everybody hates the prequels. That's
2: very consistent, though, Brian. Uh, Sean, don't you think I, it?
4: I, I happen to like the prequels.
2: I do. Yeah. I like them.
4: Yeah. I, I, I thought do, the worst I one do, was yeah, Phantom but, Menace, but um, the, first, the other two yeah. were okay,
2: except
5: for the end of The Sith. I, I couldn't take that Frankenstein moment.
2: Ah, <laughs> Right that back really to Frankenstein. That's funny. The right? previews
5: were so cool, Rise and all this shit, and then it was like different. Can I curse? By the way? Oh yeah, yeah, fuck
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. No but
5: problem. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard this. I'm sure you guys have too. That there's supposed to be three other movies they might make.
3: Yeah, I've and it's this.
5: supposed to be the same time, but like a, of an alternate universe or something. Yeah,
2: the Beyond, Sean. Isn't that what we heard? The Beyond. I heard or, or
4: read an article that there was like a shakeup as far as the power. There was like a power struggle within
3: um, uh.
4: Disney for who controls the direction of Star Wars going forward. There was something to do about an ouster of Kathleen Kennedy. And I don't know if that's really uh. true or not. Oh. But um, there, there was like a some sort of like supposedly an internal power struggle um through the the rumor mill and um you know because there was such a backlash with the direction of the you know the last two films and the newest trilogy and um you know just how well the new mandalorian show is doing with david filoni and um um uh, i forget the other gentleman's name uh that made iron man uh he's also an actor um i can't think of it yeah, John Favreau. Yeah,
2: he's great. And so, so they're 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 wondering if you
4: know maybe they might become the new sort of Ooh. controllers of the destiny of the way
2: that Star Wars goes. Uh, I, I like that. Forward. I like that.
5: Well, I heard. I, I don't. From John, he said that this person you're talking about that was out was was a director of the last movie or something, and mm. and, and um, that person has the script. Oh. And John has the script and he said it's freaking awesome. Really? Um and oh, he, well. he said that the Mandalorian guys will be in control of Star Wars the Lucas film, basically. Uh,
2: so we could trust John's word on that, huh?
5: Um I would say the guy is upset. <laughs> no, if you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> Not <and> a problem. <laughs> no, you know <laughs> what we, we all are kind of. I think um, him
2: and Sean should go one on one. That sounds like another episode.
5: Yeah. I'll hook him up <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you look be fun. <laughs>
2: yeah. But all right, so listen, uh, we're going to get into your album here, uh, Full Heart. And I'm so glad it's an album. I thought it was going to be an EP when I first heard of that first song. And uh, at, maybe at the time, I, I maybe it was going to be. Did you always have plans to, for it to be a full album?
5: Um, I wanted it to be. Um, but again, like once I passed four or five songs that I knew I wanted to record, mm-hmm. that's when I started saying, hey, this one kind of fits. This one kind of fits too. The only one on the record that kind of stands out a little is City Don't Break My Heart. Okay. Um, but it does fit because the record is about me, you know, and my family. and Absolutely. My yes. And, stuff. Mm-hmm. and but that song is about songwriters in Nashville. Um, and it uh, it definitely. Connected with the, my, the past three years of my life. So and I just love that song, so I wanted it on there um, and I, I think it fits and it's actually half of that song was recorded in my apartment in germantown tennessee that's where i wrote the whole record pretty much um so i love the demo so much that we kind of just incorporated it with some new recordings and stuff
2: cool cool Uh,
5: but but as um i I, uh yeah once once i passed the fourth fifth song i was like okay i'm gonna make this a record you know and and i was thinking of vinyl and you know it's got to be 10 songs on vinyl that's what we grew up with uh,
2: yeah i I, I love your dedication
5: they were like, "Do you want to do a color thing?" And I'm like, "No, no, no! I want black, just the way we used to buy on there.
2: <laughs> exactly. All right, that's. So I'll cool. do. I'll
5: do color later on.
2: And stuff. Yeah, the, you got to do the variants. I do comic books. Variants are very good. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, we're All gonna
4: right, I, I was. Gonna, I was gonna ask him, and he kind of alluded to this already. But um, do you do most of the the demo work in your home studio, and then you you book time in a studio and how, how do you go about doing that it, you know, in this day and age, in 2020, with recording? Is it all done at home, and do you mix it yourself, or do you send it off to people?
2: I'm, well, see, I'm, I'm seeing a, a nice studio behind you right now, I think. Yeah, this is my
5: home it. studio. It's yeah. nothing fancy. I've, I've got some some cool knickknacks and stuff, but I just use um, Logic, Apple, and um, most studios we use Pro Tools or Home Studios, and... Oh. Um, 2020, I don't know. People are starting to work again, but same thing: social distance, wear masks, and all that. Right. But um, I always record my stuff first, and it depends. It could be just it could be just um, an acoustic guitar, um, but I usually have it in my head, so I'll record with, you know, um, what do you call it? Inboard drums and stuff, and and I'll just kind of produce the whole song, and then you know this instance or with nine days too i'll bring it to the band and we'll play it usually with nine days everyone's got their different kind of stuff so that band works differently but for when i brought it into to the guys i used here um like one of the demos time takes its time um is exactly the way my demo was but we just recorded it with a band mm. and uh, you could do really amazing stuff now online um So, uh, I think I might, my next record, I might actually try to do it all myself, but again, I, I am more of a songwriter. I'm not really a studio engineer guy, but, but it's pretty easy to do stuff now. But, um, dad's guitar is probably the most country-esque song. I think the record is, is it's melodic, it's pop, like I always have been, but it's more of the Americana singer songwriter style, I guess. Um, there's not a whole lot of electric guitar on it, but there is, (laughs) um, and most of the rec- – actually, every song I used my dad's guitar. It's a 1967 uh, yep. uh, Nippon Gaki Yamaha, which my mother um, got my dad for when I got engaged. Um, oh, wow. Um, can, can you see right now? or is this?
2: this I can right? see, yes. Oh, wow. right there. Yeah, Sean can't see it. <laughs> it's
5: pretty old, but, you know. And then my wife Jenna, when we got engaged, bought me this little number.
1: Wow. wow. Holy so this is a shit.
5: traditional Les Paul. Um, it's a, it's a it's a remake of a standard 51, I believe. Or Jeez. not 59, but a 51, but that it's awesome. Beautiful. Anyway, um so Dad's guitar was just I wrote it on piano, which is odd. Mm. And then I actually transpired yeah. put it to guitar and um that song I just couldn't figure out how to do it with the band. It's kind of slow and stuff and and I went through so many different versions and keys with my voice and and capo and 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 picking it with my fingers and then strumming it and I didn't know what to do with this song but it is my favorite song on the record one of my favorite songs on the record nice uh and then finally it was the last song I think I recorded for the record and my producer Paul who is a friend of 30 years he's worked with nine days and stuff um he was living here so we did a lot of the stuff after we recorded the basics um at his house and um I just couldn't get it. So he moved to Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to go to Vegas and finish this. Oh, my God. So my wife and I flew out to Vegas, took my dad's guitar with me, which I was not comfortable with. Now, this is in 2019. Okay. And I recorded it live. I played it, like, twice, and that was it. We choose one, and that was the song. Interesting. So that song is track four, and it's live. And then when I came back here, I had my friend Kyle... uh, Kyle plays for a bunch of Kyle Everson, a bunch of uh, great country artists, and um, I had him put some pedal steel on it, and that was it. Um, So that's a song that kind of didn't really take the the whole band thing afterwards, you know?
2: I got you. The other
5: cool thing about the record is, like I said, we we tracked it at the bomb shelter in East Nashville, kind of this old house studio, and um, there's a couple tracks on there where it happened live. And which I love when it's kind of like the, the E Street Band, Bruce, they record a lot of it live. You know, I'm sure he fixes stuff, but
2: you're an organic musician as far as as long as I've known you. So using Pro Tools alone, like you said, you're not a sound engineer, but now you're forced to be one. So was, was it a hard transition?
5: No, I think it's it's a lot easier. It's an okay. easier thing to do. I actually, when I started recording this record, I wanted to do tape. Ah. This, the, the bomb shelters got tape machines, a lot of studios are doing that again. And for whatever reason, we were tracking the first song and it just was not sounding good. I don't know if there was a problem with the machine or whatever, and I'm like, if we do this this way, it'll take forever and I couldn't afford that. So we we niched that and went right to Pro Tools and then it just happened right away. I think because in Pro Tools, when you listen to that first back, there's stuff on the music. Like, it's mm-hmm. all in there, you know? Yes. When you're recording to tape, unless they're running it through outboard gear, right? you're kind of just hearing the basic stuff, so it just had no life. Hmm. Um, that might have been the problem with just my ears, or maybe there was something wrong, but whatever it was, it uh, didn't happen. But I wanted to do tape. We did uh, the Madden Crowd, the Nine Days record, the nice. big record, yeah, on all tape. Because there's a backwards solo on that record, and I think the first, I think the Beatles did that. That was the the Beatles were the first ones to do this, turning the tape over. Right. And the song plays backwards, and you play it forwards, and then, you know, so we did that. So I know we did the whole record on tape.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> wild.
5: Oh, that's um, that's so cool. And that was in '99, I believe. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, after that, it, it started to go into Pro Tools and stuff.
2: Yeah, we were getting a, a strong education during this COVID culture experience. Uh, between Sean is a, is a bass player, and uh, he's—I don't know what the, all this information is doing to your head, Sean. Like your headspace as far as. Uh playing live uh, in the studio versus uh, we've been interviewing a lot of bands where all four guys are sending or girls sending stuff to each other, you know, through emails and, you know, and putting it together, piecing it together, like peeping Tom with my, uh, with Mike Patton back in the day. I I don't know, Sean, are you digesting any of this or are you just going to still prefer the studio? Uh,
4: well, uh, I, I've only ever been inside a studio to, to record with a friend's band once. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that I know that do stuff, they like like he talked about, like Brian talked about. They'll they'll do all their demo work at home, and mm-hmm. I just like to hear what others are doing and and um, you know what what their experience is with mm-hmm. taking it. You know, because you go to book time in a studio, it 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 can be expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, we're gonna give them a taste right now. Uh, we're gonna go with the uh, wish you were, were well. You want to play that first?
5: Yeah, that's the first song. It was mm-hmm. it's the first song on the record. It's the first song I wrote for this record, so it kind of sets the the bar there. Okay. Know? Yeah.
2: Let's give him a taste and we'll come back with Brian DeVoe of 9 Days and his new album Full Heart. All right, enjoy and uh stick with us.
1: Up those pillows so you can rest okay. Help dad to the kitchen for his lunch just like you used to every day. And you say, Why do we have to grow? Someday we'll find out what it's all in the attic You gotta take in, you need to hold. You gotta hold. And nobody lives forever, so while we're all here, you gotta give thanks, let them.
2: Brian Devoe on the line from Nine Days Fame, and his new album Full Heart is available now. If you like that, Brian, where, let's tell him first where to get it, and we'll hit him again later.
5: Oh, um, well, the links are on mm-hmm. all of the pages. Nine Days Band, um, Instagram, Brian Devoe, uh, Brian Devoe in- Instagram, and then there's Brian Devoe Facebook, and then there's uh, the Nine Days page. So the links are all there, and it's everywhere. Spotify. Apple Music, yeah. uh, uh, Amazon, all that stuff. So it's everywhere. E- eventually, like I said, next year, hopefully in February, I'll have my own web page um, store cool. for uh, for the vinyl.
2: Yeah. Oh, the vinyl. We're gonna talk about that too. But Sean, you had, you had an interesting question because this came up uh, out of the blue, where me, uh, Sean, and I were watching that Allison Chains. Um, what is it? The MoPo. What's it called? The MoPop. Mo Pop Awards. Museum with Allison Chains, and it was really good. that's special. Uh, it's it's on YouTube. But Sean, you had a question with something Brian brought up.
4: Yeah, as Dave and I were kind of bantering through uh, text messages back and forth, he brought up something to do with one of those you know could have been stories related to you um, in a, in a different world. Do you know what I mean that you might have been allowed an opportunity to be in a different band at one point or some different career mm. path as far as music goes. I was curious about
5: yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, it's not a great story. I, I wish <laughs> I can say that I was almost in Alice in Chains, but no, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, when, uh, the band, my band nine days was dropped from Epic. It was 2002. I was living in New York city. Um, and, I, was, I started to start playing downtown with a lot of different artists just as a working guitar player. Um, and my, my uh, sound engineer, live sound engineer, who was now touring with this guy, Ma- Michael Tolcher, um, I think he was on Octone Records, and I, he didn't have any big success or anything. He might have had a song on the radio, but um, I think he still has a website and stuff or, or web pages, Michael Tolcher, but his guitar player was William Default. Is that how you say his name?
2: William Duvall, yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah. So my, my sound engineer starts calling me and he's like, dude, you wanna like do this gig? Um apparently he obviously is his own artist. I think he's putting out his own music again, but he would he, like they would have signings and stuff, and he would have all his his own stuff. Huh. And then we'd be pushing his own music while he was basically supporting Michael Tulcher. So they were getting upset with that, oh, and they wow. were gonna ask him to leave the band if i wanted to join so i didn't join and this was the fall of 2002 or 2003 maybe i can't really remember but i did not join the band because i had about seven to nine maybe even ten concert tickets for the springsteen tour (laughs) (laughs) because he's kind of my guy and um, a couple of friends of mine. We, we we would go to all the shows, and um, I was like, I can't do it, dude. I got like eight tickets.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> to see
5: Springsteen in the next six months. Oh my god! So um, it didn't happen, and then, you know, I don't know how many years later, this is the new guy in Allison Chains. Is like, I know that guy. I was gonna play guitar and place of him. Oh my god! So that's that's the story.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well. That's, wow. That's
5: well, he did find story. a good gig, I guess. You know.
2: He found a good gig. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah. Pretty, pretty good gig.
2: But you got that story, man. I, it's Still, you know, you got further than anyone else. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, give that that show a, a shot, uh, Alice and Chains. It, it's a good, uh, I don't know, uh, it was very enjoyable watching other bands cover them, guys like Mark Lanigan come out of the, the dust to come and cover Alice and Chains. Even Korn got on it and did a song out of tune for them, but it worked. But, um, yeah, anyway, the, so um, back to, again, Full Heart here. Uh, I noticed... Well,
5: speaking speaking of Korn... Um... Do you know the, what is it? Life and death. Is that Brian Welch's thing? Uh,
2: Yeah, I watched it. The film.
5: Okay. Well, he's like my, we share the same management. Get out of town. We say we, we, we share the same management and I am, he's, his new record is coming out on vinyl also. So we're using the same pressing company.
2: Wow. And
5: the funny story is I've had some problems not related to them, but just in my own camp and, uh, Going back and forth, and and I kept asking, is Brian having this problem? You know, <laughs> he's using the same people, and uh, I I don't know yet. So they haven't gotten his test pressings back, but um, I've I've ironed out all my thing, and I think we're gonna get it done fine. But uh, it's just interesting that you brought corn up because uh, <laughs> that's weird. I've, I've never even met the guy, but it's it, it, we're always I'm always comparing what he's doing right now to what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> interesting. I did meet him. He's a nice guy, very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That movie is something else. Did you watch that? Uh, Brian Welch's story with his daughter. It's. Uh,
5: I think I saw some clips. Yeah. But I didn't watch the whole thing. But I, it kept popping up because my management thing would. You know, I'd see it on their club and stuff. But um, I know they just finished some video, so. I know they're going to put out a whole bunch of stuff.
2: I mean, I'm curious to see what you think of that, Allison Chains, cover they do. I, I'm curious to see what you think in particular. But, um, uh, hey, Sean, what else? You had something else good, too, didn't you? Well, yeah, it kinda,
4: it, it's kind of an odd question, oh, but I think really? it's an interesting question. Sure. Um, I, I sometimes like to throw out there, uh, it, is there maybe a song from another artist or, or another band that you were like that you would have heard at any point in time you were like damn I really wish I would have wrote that song I just think that's a kind of a weird question but
2: don't say yeah. ha- don't say happy birthday
4: uh, there's hundreds
5: of songs I wish I wrote <laughs> um, uh, I guess I mean I could go on and on it's hard to think of what, I, what why because a lot of times when I listen to music and I connect with something, I, I, I wish I wrote that song, you know, and I think one example would be Springsteen by, uh, uh, what's his name, Eric Church. When that yeah. song came out, I was like, I should have wrote this song. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the song that actually turned me on to Eric Church because at first I really didn't love his voice. It was like, it was just kind of the same thing all the time. But then when he wrote that song, I was like, okay, this guy's cool, and I got into him, and um, I haven't really been into what he's been doing Recently, I think he's got a new song out that's pretty cool, but um, but that's one song I remember. Even a friend of mine, a fellow Bruce fan, was like, dude, you should have wrote that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you still could do one, it doesn't mean you can't do one,
5: yeah, yeah. I, I gotta wait too, not too soon, right? You know, right,
2: so. well, <laughs> uh, so this, this, this album, this album of yours, Full Heart. Obviously, you went through a few songs here, but um, I Got You, You Got Me, Dad's Guitar, of course. I saw, I, I saw the the song title, I was like, "Oh boy," and a uh, mother's son. So this is very extremely close family-oriented album for you. Yes. Heartfelt, and it just says it right there. I, I, how did you get through this? I couldn't have been, or was it therapeutic? It was
5: definitely therapeutic. Um, you know, as the story goes, I lost my parents in 2017, yeah, I'm sorry. and then, you know, sometime after I got engaged. I got married. We had to sell my, my family house, which I think you've been there actually. Yes. In Selden. Yes, indeed. Um, So after, like I said, Wish You Were Well was written, the songs just started to happen. And a lot of the songs, half of the record I wrote by myself, which I haven't done in a long time. And I literally don't know how it happened. They just kind of, you know, wrote themselves pretty much.
2: Natural. Um, Mm -hmm.
5: So, yeah, the record is about family, and it's about losing family. It's also about gaining, you know, right. my marriage and stuff. And, you know, Time Takes Its Time is about is about um, the long-distance relationship because my wife and I were uh, doing the New York-Nashville thing for a little bit. And um, actually, she wrote a song with me on this record. It's oh, cool. called uh, Love Will Never, and that was a poem she had. Wow. And I just took it into a song and it was actually a slow song, which I'm going to re-release this record probably in January with some, some cool stuff like demos. And, um, there's one track I wrote right after the record was done that probably should have been on the record. Um, so that one will be there. Um, and that was one I recorded all by myself with drums and everything. Like, so that'll be cool. interesting. But, um, I took that song and it was a slow song and I'll probably release the demo later, but she was like, you know, it's too slow. You got to make it cool. So I'm like, I, I did this kind of like Paul Simon drum beat. Um, and I had uh, John Michelli from meatloaf, who's a good friend of mine lives on long Island and plays with nine days actually ah. play on that song. Um, that was one thing we did virtually. He played it in New York and just sent it to me and we fit it in. Okay. Um, so that's, that's an interesting song on there. And of course the horns I had my friend Tyler, um, do uh, do horns and uh, uh, we did some horns with um, Nine Days um, but we, I guess we kind of moved past that, I love the band so mm-hmm. all that horn stuff is really cool um, and I remember saying to John once you know I'm sick of doing horns, I don't want to do horns let's just do music where we can all play and we don't have to hire people and then I go put horns on my
2: record that's what <laughs> John said, It's like you know you
5: tell us you don't want to do horns and then they're on your two year song songs <laughs>
2: but it happened um, naturally.
5: (laughs) Yeah. um, The loop is a, is one of these things my wife and I came up with. It's about me getting, you know, us getting engaged. Um, What else is on there? My beautiful bride to be in me. I literally wrote that song in my head. Swimming in the ocean, looking at my wife on the shore (laughs) (laughs) and came home and just, just came out like, and that's how these songs are written. But back to mother's son. Yeah. That was a personal one. And and I, it was a song that I, because I had all these songs, and you know, Full Heart is about, you know, losing my parents and then selling the house. And, and then I have Dad's Guitar. I was like, I need a mom song, you know? So I had a couple ideas, and Mother's Son just popped into my head. And again, every day I would write a couple words, and it just finished itself. Mm-hmm. And then um, when we did it in the studio, that whole outro, I think it's almost five minutes long. I kind of got that idea from the Weezer song. Uh, hmm. I think it's In My Dreams, is it called? And it's this long, drawn-out ending, and I was like, I want to do something like that. So that's kind of where I got that eye from. And that song, that whole outro is live.
3: Yeah,
2: that's on so the blue. The Weezer Blue album? Is that the one?
5: It's the first record. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah,
2: I actually is that the know. green, I, the green I, one or the blue, the blue I have, one? I have blue But uh, that's where I
5: got that idea from. And, <laughs> uh, cool. Um, so that's why the song is like six minutes long.
2: Hey, <laughs> okay, nothing wrong with that. And another
5: interesting thing, that solo, I was just talking to one of my good friends, um, actually old soundman slash guitar player. Um, he, uh, he said, that solo's awesome. And I'm like, I tell you, I played it once. <laughs> and I turned all my pedals on, probably about five different pedals, and just played it once. And it came out sounding like Brian May. And I was like, I'll probably never be able to play that again, so there it is. <laughs>
2: But that's sometimes and then the, the outro was
5: live. The outro solo is just kind of going for it, and you know, nothing spectacular, but it's it's really a cool ending, just jamming. Yeah,
2: awesome. Um, I do have some questions for you, uh, very kind of more personal Long Island questions, but okay, oh, can you hear me? Still? Yeah, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Okay, okay, sorry about that. All right, well, we're gonna play another song then. Uh, what would you want to play off of Full Heart next, Brian? You,
5: you know what, play Full Heart. Cause that was a pretty big deal of a song. Okay. Um there is a video on my YouTube channel of me just messing around. It was right after I wrote the song and my wife Jenna is filming me and she's walking around the actual house, my yeah. childhood home. Uh it was probably the last night we were in it before it you know, we had to get everything out. Oh wow. Um so that song is an important song on the record and obviously it's the title track. Yeah. Uh I um I wrote it with Jeff Cohen and um zach lloyd and i just i just had the first line no the first family is everything from the front porch to the back swing so you got your front porch and we always had a swing set in the back and everything in between so that i had that that's all i had and then we wrote the whole song um and uh i had mark evitz who plays with uh oh god what's his name one of these country guys anyway. <laughs> Mark Evitts did the strings uh, And it came out really awesome I want to say beautiful but you know it's awesome And uh, and yeah so I will play Full Heart That's a good
2: one yeah, You're allowed to say beautiful I think Alright <laughs> let's go with the title track And we'll come back with Brian Devo of Nine Days And now Full Heart his solo album Alright and thanks for listening guys Stick around and we'll tell you how to get this album Because you know what you should be buying your, mo- your music folks Right Sean?
5: Yes I got Absolutely. a job. Come on,
2: buy me. <laughs> <laughs> Support your artists. Exactly. We do. We actually do. All right, we'll get right back to you folks. Thanks for listening.
1: From the front porch to the back swing and everywhere in between. That's how we thought it would always be. Santa piece on the table, and pictures up on the wall. Sundays we were grateful but we sure did have it all. Yeah, we had it all. We've come a Empty house with a full heart I still hear your favorite song Even though the radio's gone Your footsteps in the hall Walking next to me You'll always walk with me we have come along Come along
2: We are back with Brian Devo of Nine Days, and once again, what do we say, Sean? Off the air, all the best questions get a- asked, but never answered usually. But you came up with a good one uh, while we were, I guess, bullshitting. Uh, you want to hit Brian up with what you just said?
4: Well, yeah, we were talking about the the, um, the song that's on his album that he, he was saying was more of a more like a country song, but and I was talking about the fact that I'm. You know the 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 country music that that I'm into. That's not really country music in a in a country music sense, but it's the the newer Robert Plant material that he puts out. That's more like the deep Americana sort of folk. um, That stuff is like uh, pretty killer. And uh, I was just interested to know what he thought of that sort of stuff.
5: Yeah, I mean country music. When I moved to Nashville in 2007, and I came here to write country and stuff. And I actually got to, to tour with Miranda Lambert for a little bit. Wow. Um, so I got to be in the whole scene. And I think right there, it was kind of, it was still, I don't know, like the whole thing changed right around 2012, 13, 14, into this hip hop uh, with a twang thing. And yeah. so little by little, I just, I, I can't write this stuff. Like <laughs> I just didn't like it. And that's kind of why I'm out of that whole scene. And what it is, it's a young scene. It's for kids. You know, Mm -hmm. they want to sing about drinking beer at the lake and stuff. And that's cool because, you know, but that's for them. Um, If you want to talk about country music, I don't think it exists right now. Um, But Roots Rock, Americana, you know, um, folk, this kind of thing is, is, that's what I love. Like I grew up, you know, before Nine Days kind of went, a little more aggressive. We were more like the Counting Crows, uh, the Wallflowers, and that kind of stuff. Because we, John and I, really loved Bob Dylan and Neil Young and and Springsteen, of course, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we were at. But, you know, we just had trouble getting a deal. So once John wrote Story of a Girl, we kind of went in that direction. Mm -hmm. Anyway, like artists now, I've always loved Whiskey Town and Ryan Adams. Um, Right now, I just Jason Isbell is probably my favorite artist out there. Um, I like Chris Stapleton, but, uh, I don't know. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's great. He's awesome. <laughs> and I, I, in a way it's like, I'm kind of turned off by that. Like, <laughs> perfect singers. is like, don't get me wrong. He's great. Like, no, if you, guys, songs, if you guys, if you guys at great, home,
2: but... if you guys at home could have seen how Brian just jumped at the camera, he definitely thinks he's great. <laughs> That no, was, he is. Yeah, that was you are know, very I think he, vibrantly. They
5: called him the savior of country music. Um, and then there's the other guy, Sturgill Simpson. I think Sturgill's awesome, but he sounds so much like Waylon Jennings, I can't listen to him.
3: Hmm. <laughs> it's like I might as well
5: put a Waylon Jennings record okay. on. Okay. But um, I'm I'm totally with you. Like country music to me doesn't exist. It's it's the new pop thing. It's the new movement, and I can't believe that happened because it didn't happen the way I would have wanted it to. Hmm. Um, so, but I think right now there's a huge movement of. Americana Roots Rock. Um I have yeah. my old boom box in the kitchen and we my wife and I have like a bar set up in the garage with a dartboard and we'll just leave it on Roots Radio, which is right here in Murphy'sboro, Tennessee, and um and play darts and drink beer and stuff.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> that's that something like we listen to. That's a perfect night. There's nothing wrong with that. Total so, perfect night. I totally agree. And by the way, uh, we did find out during the break that um uh, you hear uh, Sean's dogs in the background. I was going to blame <laughs> our guest. It's not Brian's dogs at all. So your dogs made it on the air, uh, Sean, after yeah, all this time. Kind of find a quiet
4: space yeah. you know, I hear away so. from everybody. And, <laughs> Don't yeah. worry, you will. <laughs> all and right. I realized there was a mute button, so I decided to <laughs> mute. <laughs> and, uh, uh,
2: okay. There are some questions, though, uh, from some fans, uh, some from the yeah, actual Sel- the Selden area, Long Island. Uh, let's see We'll go with a, An easy one first uh, Joanne uh, Rouse Friend from high school She went to Newfield uh, and, and you were at Dawnwood oh, at that so point right? Sorry about that Yeah I know I, I was there too The, the jail I know you were It was terrible They separated all of us uh, They did they, they ruined good things But uh, yeah They really did Anyway uh, Joanne Rouse asks uh, What's your favorite Venue to play And you could say You know Back on Long Island Or she was very general With this So it's up to you
5: um, Well there could be Two answers to that I mean Yeah we we loved playing. Um, it, it's interesting. You know, you grow up playing in these clubs, and the sound systems are so bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it it schools you. Like, I could play in any club with no monitors if I had to at this point because of what we all went through. But um, So we we used to play the Village Pub
2: down okay. in Port Chuck. Sure, yeah. It
5: doesn't exist anymore. I and know. then the Bitter End in New York City was our home. Like, that was where... We got signed. Uh, I think our poster is still on the wall. Um, playing the Bitter End is an interesting place because it's really built for acoustic. Um, but we'd go in there with our amps and stuff, and bands do, don't get me wrong. And just, you know, I remember leaving that place like with my voice gone because there's you can't hear yourself. <laughs> um, but such an awesome time in the, I guess it was the late '90s when we were playing, mid to late '90s, just going to the city and playing. There were other clubs in the city too, but. The Bitter and the Village Pub, I would say, were our favorite clubs to play. Um, as far as venue venues, I mean, I played the Garden. That was amazing, yeah. you know. Um, I also got to play ice hockey at the Garden with with some of the old-time Rangers.
2: Yeah, I knew um, you are a Rangers fan, yeah. I didn't yeah, know that, though. That's cool.
5: The Christopher Reeve Foundation, um, back, back then when he was still around, him yeah. and his wife, actually, they both passed away, but mm. they had the Christopher Reeve Foundation, and they would do a super skate every year. So I think it was... 2000, when our record was out there and I said, I grabbed my PR person. I was like, listen, I don't care what you have to do. <laughs> I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so they got me in. So 2001, <laughs> I'm hanging out with Mark Messier and and, and Wayne Gretzky and, oh and all these people. And um, I got to meet Roger Bear and Ron Duguay and play on the ice with them.
2: Damn. And,
5: and many others. And so, some celebrities, too. You know, like, uh, God, I think um,
2: how about, who's Su- how about Susan
5: Sarandon's who? husband. What's his name? Uh,
2: oh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins
5: was my coach. Wow. <laughs> um, it that, was just really cool. That's and, incredible. Uh, Palafontaine was one of the nicest guys, actually. He's more known for the Islanders. Of course.
2: I
3: know. Yeah.
2: yeah.
5: <laughs> um, so uh, I guess the garden, I mean, you grow up watching Ranger games and going to concerts and that's just the place to be, you know?
2: Amazing. <laughs> uh, that, that's amazing. There's a follow yeah. up with that too. Joanne, well, she also asks, um, do you miss your Long Island fans?
5: Um, I miss Long Island. I think Long Island's a, um it's an interesting thing. Um, mm-hmm. My parents are there. Obviously, they're laid to rest. My brother still lives there. I was born and raised there. I actually tattooed it on my forearm.
2: Nice. The <laughs> island <laughs> yeah. itself. Oh, that's so cool. What a great idea. But um, I dig it.
5: You know, it's, yeah, I miss playing Long Island because when we play on Long Island, it's it's where all the fans from way back come to see us. Mm-hmm. and you know them all you know you probably know everyone in the audience so <laughs> yeah I, I just miss playing actually i i have not played a show a show show i i don't even know when the last nine days show was it was Man. definitely 2019 and maybe 2018 and i think it was in reno maybe
3: we
2: saw you in pittsburgh uh i like five years ago six that's when we reconvened kind yeah, of. It's kinda.
5: been a while. We did a record in 15. So Okay. We did a bunch of stuff. You know, there's good venues along Island now like the Paramount is awesome. We do shows there. Right. Uh, and we used to play a
2: not Sundance. I think
5: it was called the Vanderbilt. Oh, uh, okay. I think it's like a a, a horse betting place now. But <laughs> that place was really fun to play. Those are the bigger venues. But we always tried we, we weren't tra- doing like a yearly Paramount show with usually a band of our genre or uh, someone on Long Island, like Big Shot, you know, Michael Dale Judas, we do shows with them.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. um,
5: Who's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I just miss playing in general.
2: I'll bet. But,
5: But home shows are great.
2: We can't wait to have you in the studio here and do a little live acoustic set, or if we could plug in, we could do that in the basement. <laughs> but yeah, we'd like yeah. to have you back out here. I have another question from a Long Island fan here, but I want to get to another tune first. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's play an oldie but perfect goodie just to get, for the novices out there that don't know Nine Days, now they're going to get schooled and say, oh, wow, I know Nine Days. So. Exactly.
5: Well, <laughs> that's the story of our
2: life. I, I, well, that's. What's you your know band's what? name?
5: Nine Days. Oh, really? It's like, yeah, you know, this is the story of. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh no. Well, anyway, you're a little bit bigger here than that. Uh, most people know you uh, know the name. So, all right, we'll play we'll play the hit, and uh, we'll come back and uh, finish things off here, Brian DeVoe And uh, hey, hey, Sean, you got the dogs quiet? I see. I do. Okay, things are under control, Brian. We'll 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 come right back. All right. Good to hear it.
0: This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiled. Of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looked so sad in full of I absolutely love her when she smiles. Now, how many lovers would stay just to put up with this every day and all day? How do we wind up this way? Watching the mouths for the words that we say, as long as we stand here waiting, wearing the clothes of the souls that we cheer. Too far for the price of her shoes. Your clothes never wear as well the next day, and your hair never falls in quite the same way. But you never seem to run out of things to say. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad and lonely, there I absolutely love her when she smiles. So sad in photographs. I absolutely love her. This is the story of a girl. A pretty she hid from the world. And why she looks so sad and long-
3: That's glow well here. In the dark. Please. Best left
4: unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. dotfairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work.
0: Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Scott Roby from Prowess. You're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Crank it up. ask mask in the, wackiness and the wackiness of Boku Askew TV. TV. Next, next day, day. A, YouTube a YouTube channel featuring channel. Sock, sock puppets, puppets irreverent, irreverent comedy, bizarro imagery, injury, and oddball, oddball silliness aplenty. aplenty. It's true, it's true. To, watch to watch now, now visit youtube.com YouTube. slash Boku Askew TV. TV.
2: All right, folks, well, that was Nine Days, and we're here with Brian DeVoe of Nine Days. You guys, now you know exactly who we're talking about, and you remember that song, of course. But he's got his solo album out, and it's fantastic. It is full heart. We're, you're going to hear one more from that, and uh, it's uh, it's probably, he says the best one on it, and I have a feeling it absolutely is, but we'll hear that going out. But coming back in, going back to sixth grade, I think when MTV took off for us, there was a little band, uh well what does the name if I say Paul Dean mean to you? If I say Paul Dean.
5: Paul Dean?
2: Yeah, do you remember a little band called Lover Boy?
5: Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, are are you familiar with Paul Gilbert? Yes. Okay. Do you remember Racer X? That was another Long Island band, right? Racer X or were they just big on Long Island?
5: No, I I, I oh God I was was
2: No, they were just big. Paul Gilbert. Yeah.
5: I think they they might have been I don't think they were Long
2: Island. They were just played a lot. Uh, well, a friend of mine, Kevin, uh, who knows you, he, he he found this Paul Gilbert tribute to Paul Dean playing Everybody's Working for the Weekend, and he actually shred he shreds on it. And now Kevin Kevin Matthews is a regular, well, sort of a regular here, and he does he does a little hair metal. I hate saying hair metal, but eighties metal a uh, bit when we when we do a little throwback. And he's addicted to Paul Dean, and it's just hysterical. I've never met a person that that loves Paul Dean from Loverboy. So is he,
5: was, was he the singer? <laughs> well,
2: uh, Paul Dean is a guitarist. Uh, when I, no, uh, Paul Dean's the a guitarist for Loverboy. Didn't
5: he pass away?
2: I hope not. No, I think I hope not. I think he's still around. He just did this tribute thing. Uh, Paul Gilbert did a Paul Dean tribute, and it shreds. And I just thought it would be funny. It's just something that I thought you would want to hear. <laughs>
5: well, I'm thinking, I think it was the guy in Ario uh, e. Speedway and the guitar player passed away. Oh, they both had the same curly hair. There you
2: go. There you go. But uh, it's yeah. funny.
5: Loverboy Lover is a Canadian band. So whenever I'd go to Nova Scotia to see my family, my cousins would be listening to Loverboy. So that was kind of like my schooling into Loverboy.
2: <laughs> loving every minute of it. Yeah, that's a rocket dude. Uh, we actually did play it on here in uh, well in pieces, but that's another story. Uh, anyway, yeah. the same guy that brought that up, Kevin Matthews, another Newfield guy. He knows you and you've met him and he brought this up. And I forgot this story completely. But towards the end there where we're breaking up, going for we were actually already in different high schools at that point. And we I saw you a couple times in a summer or something. Uh, going into like our eleventh year, eleventh grade, and um, I I brought you over to Kevin's house because you guys talk guitar shop. He plays guitar, you play guitar, and I was learning guitar. And then I learned bass. And you were just in my car, and I just stopped by and said, "Hey, this guy Kevin, he uh, he plays guitar. I get you know, you guys could probably jam at some point." I, I introduced you to him. You for some reason had your gear or a piece of gear with you that you talked about that he called he, an elephant pedal. Does that ring a bell to you? It doesn't. Elephant pedal, because he's he's trying to figure out where and what that was about, or some. I'm sure, it was me. That's what he said. <laughs> but yeah, he had a question about the pedal, so I guess no memory of that. No, um,
5: I uh, I'm trying to think in high school.
2: I know. I I, I was trying to.
5: <laughs> in high school, I had a Marshall combo. Okay. And, I was using Boss pedals, but I didn't. I, I think I had that the ball, the boss, uh, the carrier, and you would open it up, and they would be there, and it was like a flanger, a chorus.
2: Okay, maybe he has. A miss- uh, okay, I
5: don't think I had any distortion pedals, but I might have.
2: Interesting. And then
5: I had, um, I never really had anything out of the ordinary. Maybe a wah pedal, but I don't know if I used the wah pedal till later. Okay. And then I got bored of it. I know Kirk Hammett <laughs> uses the law pedal in every guitar solo. But right. I just
2: <laughs> this would have been like during, the, I guess, the Crystal Image days, I think. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Late,
5: late, um, mid to late high school. Yeah. I was with Pete Santorino until about 1990. Um, so, and we changed the name to Kid Gloves.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right.
5: Yeah. And then oh, when wow. I left, they kind of went to the cover band world. Okay. Um and uh, but I'm trying to think. I don't remember
2: that. Uh, it's interesting. I I had, a, I had trouble with it too. But I remember going driving with you and going to his, stopping at his house. But we were talking mm-hmm. shop. I didn't I didn't know anything about pedals back then. So that I, he maybe neither did I. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that well, that's Kevin. Kevin, there's your answer, man. It's still a mystery. Uh, let's see. And oh, there were other. Let's see here. Oh, I had to ask this because I've been asking a lot of vocalists this, and you do you do sing quite a bit. What is your beverage of choice for therapeutic and vocal concerns? If you have a cold during this COVID culture, uh, do you do tea and honey? What, what works beer? It's different. Every time I ask this question.
5: Um, well, I, I mean, I haven't toured or done, done much of that in length. So, um, I, uh, my voice is kind of, it's an interesting thing. I'm not the greatest singer, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't really warm up or anything like that. I just kind of go. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is I've, I've, I've discovered a new place in my voice, in my falsetto head voice. Um, I posted a video a week ago of me singing Hell's Bells with an acoustic guitar. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I've, I've discovered this new thing, and, and I, I started doing it because um, my friend Paul, who does parodies, said, hey, can you sing ACDC? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll try it. Wow. It's just screaming, right? Oh my God. So I did it and I did a few of these parodies and I'm like, cause I always, I love Brian Johnson's voice, like back in black for those about to rock uh-huh. flick of the switch. Those first three records are just like his voice is amazing. Yep. And I, there's no way I would ever be able to sing like that. So, uh, but all of a sudden 49 years old, like I'm doing it and I can hit every note he can cause I've never done it before. So I still have the range. So it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> But anyway, going back to the uh, the vocal thing, I I got to say, and I hate to say this, but beer. Yeah. There's something about the bubbles and, and not the alcohol, I'm assuming, because they said that dries you out. But right. I, a beer, I always have a beer on stage, not to get drunk, because right. I'm not good when I'm drunk or buzzed. But a beer just does something to my throat. I don't know if it just numbs it or what. But um, tea, tea is good if you're... If you're not gonna sing and you're done and you want to soothe it, because okay. from what I've always heard from Pete Santorino, actually, is that the tea leaf dries you out.
2: Interesting. Um, I have to. I, I need to know that. That helps me.
5: And then I've heard other things. I used to drink olive oil. I used to literally take a sip of olive oil. No way. And and I don't know if that works or not, but it's probably not the best thing, even <laughs> though it's supposed to be good for you. But you're not supposed to drink. I'm not oil.
3: supposed to drink.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but I used to carry a fucking. Uh, I'm cursing again. Sorry. Uh, a bottle of olive oil on stage, and I would just take a swig if my voice was messed up. Um, but if you're if you're sick, it's tough. Yeah. You could uh, cough drops. I I was always a Halls guy, um, mm-hmm. and it just that mentalitis thing, whatever it is, kind of opens you up a bit. John always was the Ricolo guy, like. Yeah. If, if you see a nine days stage at the end, there's tons of Ricolo rappers on the stage. <laughs> and that's from John. So he's a Ricolo guy. But as far as, you know, if you're sick, it's tough, man. And usually when you're sick, you lose that falsetto. So there goes my ACDC singing.
2: That's, that's oh man, no, I man, oh man. That's, see, Sean, that's always a good question. We get the greatest that's a good a- story. <laughs> yeah, always get great answers. I, I, I've had some great ones. For, I always ask, get to ask the vocalists that. But, uh, yeah, there is a lot of good rock and roll out there. We've been finding it. Sean finds it. And I'm glad you can do the show again once again, Brian. But um, it is out there, and it's back in the garage, I think. But I think, like yourself, these people are dying to hit the stage. Like, what is that going to be like day one? You step on a stage and plug in.
5: Oh, God, I don't know. Hopefully it's not too far away. I'll be too old. Nah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Springsteen is 71 now, so he's still doing it. 50 the new um, 30,
2: man. That's what they all tell me anyway.
5: Yeah. <laughs> it's always great. I mean, and I i am the guy that we're, we're a van that never really got into the in-ears, which we should because it protects your hearing, and I am totally – I have tinnitus. I know it because I have a constant ringing. It's not that bad yet, but it's probably going to get worse. Mm. But we um, – we have the monitors always, so I love to hear the band. Um, I did wear in-ears with Miranda Lambert, and it's definitely cool. You can hear everything, And but it's a different thing when you're just open. And I always have my amp behind me, and I get yelled at because it's always too loud. But they say, why don't you tilt it? And I said, I don't want it tilted and blaring at my head. I like feeling that behind me, so it's usually louder than it should be. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, that feeling when you just hit that chord and 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 hopefully the sound is correct and you can sing well, <laughs> it's awesome, you
2: know. I got to see it. You guys were amazing live. Uh, totally impressed. And hey, I've seen you. a lot of bands, but damn it, that that night at the Hard Rock was a good, a great night of rock and roll. And I hope to see it again. Yeah, I remember that night. That was fun. It was great. It was. I, I really, man, it's been too long, for all of us. Uh, Sean, you got anything else for Brian here? i think don't, I don't think
3: you, you it sounded like you were pulling out a list yeah he really but was I,
5: you, yeah, well sometimes
4: i do have a list
2: oh <laughs> here we go you do not well that's news I, to
4: me i, guess, I definitely want to hear the new album i want to i want to I definitely uh go and listen to it and and dive into the music a bit more because like we said offline i I'm not as familiar with uh, your um, musical output as, as Dave is, obviously. So um, I definitely want to dive in. I, I think going back to what we were discussing earlier, uh, and this doesn't relate to you at all in any way, but um, you know, we we were talking about country rock and does it exist anymore? And you know, I think I find a lot of stuff is like just there's so much like alternative music and pop music and country music. There's no real distinction between that stuff anymore and that's really sad to me. Um well, I know we were kind of talking about that earlier. Mm. And um Well you can to continue, I'm sorry.
2: I think he's done. I, go ahead. Oh,
5: yeah I, oh. I was I was well, done with that. I've, I've said this to friends and stuff and my philosophy is that there's just nowhere to go anymore. So there really are no rules. Like in the nineties if if something sounded dated, it could have sounded like, oh, that sounds like the 80s, that's dated, or that sounds like this, that's dated. You can't be dated anymore, because so much music comes out, and you could say now, yes, that sounds like the 80s, that's really cool. Or that sounds like, I mean, bands like Great Van Fleet, now, I have my own thoughts on them, because mm-hmm. they they refuse to acknowledge that they're just Led Zeppelin. Right. Which is annoying. Like, you didn't grow up listening to Muddy Waters, okay? <laughs> Thank you. You're exactly what Led Zeppelin is. Just go with that.
2: I'm so refreshed so, to hear you say that.
5: Yeah, so bands like exactly. that, you could do anything now. And and they're young, and they have young fans. So the young fans probably don't even know who Led Zeppelin is. It doesn't matter. Right. So, and that's kind of a cool thing. Like, my record, um, it took me a while to do it. And, like, in the past, it's like, man, this is – this has been taking so long, it's going to be dated. It's like, but that, that doesn't exist anymore. And I think the last musical movement, besides what just happened with country, I think the mesh, because we already meshed heavy metal and hip hop or rap, you know, that happened in the eighties with anthrax and, and whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, this hip hop country thing was a movement and I hate it, <laughs> but, but it is what it is, you know? So I don't know what, where there is to go next, but, um, I think the last real movement was, was the Seattle thing, you know, the grunge when grunge came out.
2: Absolutely, but yes. if you
5: think about it, grunge was really just kind of going back to punk rock. and like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Like just really playing and, and just jamming, you know? And, and I think honestly, the last new thing was probably hair metal or new wave right. because after that grunge came and then, my genre with Nine Days, like, like I said, we were kind of organic at first, but then we got a little more aggressive. So the madding crowd is like a rock record; it's just a melodic rock record. So you have Third Eye Blind, Vertical Horizon, right. Stroke Nine, uh, SR71, all these bands kind of coming out in 99, 2000, Tonic,
4: just tonic, melodic, yeah. good
5: rock, you know, good rock music, you know. And and I don't think that was a movement; that was just what was happening, and it was just kind of like all the influences of before in that music. And then you had <coughs> hip hip hop started to come back with, with corn uh, uh, And then yeah.
2: Deftones uh, had tastes of it, but yeah, yeah, Rage Against the Machine. I mean, I tell
5: you what I did not like. I did not like the whole screaming emo genre. Like I could not, I don't get it. Like I have nothing against the band, like Taking Back Sunday, but like, and they got, they were huge. They're yeah, still they... huge. And it's like that whole screaming emo thing was not for me. <laughs> and then...
2: Yeah, um, yeah, Sean's not hard into hard. that at all, either. Uh, we, we're limit, I, I'm limited. I, I see I, when a band like Deftones comes along, that's their sound, and that's what they do. But when people copy it and try to keep... I, you got the singer and the screamer and the singer and the screamer. That got yeah. old really fast. So I, I, Deftones, I like for who they are keep doing what you do, but everybody else should just leave it alone.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to hear the words and yeah. hear, the, hear the singing and I, I think a lot of times a band can really, you know, I could love the music to death and just, uh, you know, uh, the vocalist could really kill it for me.
2: Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot here, Brian. Actually, we'll we'll have some good bands and stuff, and uh, that we want to play, and then Sean Sean hears the vocals like, Nah, I'm out. <laughs> that was that's it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I
5: mean, it's all it's everyone's opinion too. I mean, I like I am definitely if I can't listen to someone's voice, then I generally probably won't want to listen. Like I know Tom Waits is great, but I I can't I can't I can't listen to him. You know, what? I know it's supposed to be it's this great thing, that. but. And, but then I love Springsteen's voice, so then it's like, well, you like Springsteen, but you know, I don't know. To me, there's so much emotion in his voice, and I like singers that are rough around the edges. I don't like. Mm. I said Chris Stapleton's amazing, but I can only take so much of that, you know. And um, what do you think? And, what
4: do you think about bands with all like the trickery and studio wizardry and stuff? I I think if you can't play it live on an acoustic guitar or live, just straightforward rock, then what what are your thoughts about songmanship and stuff like that as it relates to that?
5: I'm fine with it, you know. I think I probably won't it, it won't drag me in, but you know, tricks in the studio and having fun is, is totally cool. I, I I'm against that, but I was just talking to my friend Paul, my producer about that and I was like, you know, the whole produced thing and all these weird noises and stuff. It's like, I'd rather hear a great sounding acoustic guitar. Instead of all these things happening every five seconds, you know, in a song, um, or a great organ like a Hammond. I, Billy Justineau played on my record. He plays with Brothers Osborne, and he he actually has the same influences. Well, in his playing, like because Jeremy from Nine Days, I I love Roy Bitten and uh, you know from the East Street Band and mm-hmm. and guys like that, and and then the Hammond stuff, and I just. Um, he just played everything exactly the way I wanted to hear it. I didn't have to even direct him. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that, but
2: no, this is all great stuff, man. I'm uh, getting, oh, we're, we're you're getting, ed- we're educated. So, we're getting educated yeah, today. I'd
5: rather hear an, an, an amazing sounding Hammond organ than you know a bunch of weird sounds and stuff. But I got nothing against that. You know, you, you make your music and your art the way you want to. Um, that's that's the yeah. thing. It's like it's art. Like you do it, you do what you want. And that's what I did with my records. Like, This is what I want. A lot of it sounds like nine days, actually. My friend Charlie actually said, there's nine days playing on this? <laughs> I was going <like>, absolutely
2: no. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive deep into this tonight, actually. Uh, after Mandalorian, of course. Uh, right I was Bar- going to say,
5: did you guys watch it yet? Don't say anything. Oh,
2: hell yeah, man. No, we didn't. A- watched it this morning. What? What? You cheated. <laughs> oh, yeah. is it good? My
5: next record, by the way, is going to be called Grogu.
2: Grogu. <laughs> yes. You should I make you should make one death metal song and call it that.
4: Dave, Dave, it gonna news. drop when you see the episode.
2: Oh, he just so. said, Oh no. Oh, Who are they killing? Don't say anything. Well, you know, Brian, with you this can say whatever. a screaming
5: voice I've been practicing with. I, I want to do a metal record.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, drink a lot of beer one night and just do a metal album. Absolutely. Or just one yeah. song. I'd love to hear you just go yeah, full out, but don't yeah, not emo. We don't want that. Even though hey
4: Dave, you, oh, you okay. got that new band that you're uh, putting together with uh, our crew, oh, we should get Brian to do something on that.
2: He might like to. We'll see what's going on. Dude, I'm gonna,
4: I, I can totally record vocals here. So let
5: me know.
2: Uh, well, we're putting something together, and it's gonna, it's it's the non-organic format, meaning we're all in different places. So that's why I was yeah, curious how okay. you how you're handling this. But since you made your own record, you're handling it quite well. So, and I'm glad to hear it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna jam that uh, that album tonight. After Mandalorian, maybe before, maybe before. but but uh, let's see. So we're gonna go out with a song, and uh, obviously pulls at everyone's heartstrings. And um, I, I still don't know. I guess this is your tribute, tribute to your dad.
5: Yes, um, my father's guitar, my dad's guitar. Um, this song idea came about, uh, and I've had it, I had it for a while before I actually wrote it. Um, it was always my dad's guitar. Oh, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna use my dad's guitar. Got my dad's guitar. You know, it's been around forever. It's been in my family. I used it here and there in, in earlier in my career. And, um, it was okay. You know, there's, I played some amazing acoustic guitars in studios and stuff, but after, you know, and it's always been at home at my parents' house. And after my dad, that my parents passed, of course it became mine. And it's aged so well that it finally sounds really good. Wow. Um, and, It like I said, it's on every song on this record, and it'll probably be on every song I ever record again. But um, it's nothing special as far as like oh, this is an amazing like two thousand dollar guitar now. Like it was purchased for I think about one hundred and fifty bucks in nineteen sixty eight I think or sixty seven, and um, it's it's just um, it's always been around my dad's guitar. So I was we had a storage unit when we had our apartment here. And my, I have a piano that I bought in New York City, so it was in our storage thing here, which had been sitting in my parents' garage forever. So I was just playing around one night over there, and uh, I came up with the riff that you hear, the first the first riff on piano. And then when I played it on guitar, it totally worked. And then um, I had some ideas, and I wanted to write this with Jeremy Bussey, who's, who's a really awesome really awesome guy and, and uh, writer here in town. And then my friend Jace Hine, who I've written with these guys do stuff for Ashley McBride and, um, Jason Aldean and stuff. And, uh, I just, cause, um, Jace had a similar situation with his father. So I've into a room with these guys and we wrote the song. And actually the first version was a different, like I said, I've gone through hundreds of keys for my voice, but, um, Jeremy's got a low voice. So I actually, the work tape, is in a 440 it's in regular tuning and um he said to me he's like dude you got to drop that to the smoker's voice tune <laughs> <laughs> and so the the first version was him singing it and it's just really cool um might even be better than my version and uh I played it for Jenna my wife and of course that was it it was just like this is it this is it you did it And uh, so that's the story
2: of the song, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited for you, man. And we're going to hear definitely dad's guitar. Uh, What what we were alluding alluding to earlier, maybe you'll jam with us someday. Uh, We have this little project going together called The Killer Chinchillas, something I made a long time ago. I'll produce stuff, but now I have real musicians like Sean and the girls from Yard Panther who do our outro music and also do our intro. Um, And I've been working on a remake of Nick Kershaw's Wouldn't It Be Good but I wanted to speed it up. I wanted it to be a gotcha. little quicker. And uh, it's a hard song. It ends up, the time and tempo in his rhyme scheme is very hard um, it, for a slow song. It, it doesn't fit. So speeding up, who knows? It might work. But that's just a little thing. If you're interested, I'd love to get you involved just for, for kicks, shits, and giggles. Who, what's the song by? Nick Kershaw. Wouldn't it be good? It's an '80s song. You can go back and look that one up. It's uh, the mid '80s, maybe early '80s of an MTV N I K Nick, Nick Kershaw. Kershaw. I know. I'm, you... I'm
5: confusing. You see the guy that kind of looks like Buddy Holly?
2: I ooh, no no no. This guy looked more like uh, he should have been in the Cure. Um, Who's the guy
5: that looks like Buddy Holly. I'm thinking of from the. 80s. He almost
2: one. looks like Bob Geldof actually. Uh I, oh, Buddy. Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. Yeah, that's who you're no, thinking. No no no. Red shoes. <laughs>
5: Anyway,
2: yeah. yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, well, it's just something we're throwing again. That's what he brought up and I I didn't know we were going to talk about that, Sean. But okay. Uh, so it's out there. But we'll see what <laughs> I goes on. Yeah, uh, yes you did. But all right, to get Brian's stuff, if you want to get 9 Days, if you actually want to get right now, full heart is available. Spotify, iTunes, where else did you say? You're you're creating a website. You have a Facebook page. Yeah, it's
5: all out on social media, but um I guess uh, like Brian DeVoe or 9 Days band and then um I, I, it, it's a Shopify site, so I guess it's a website. It'll be briandevoe.com okay. or briandevoemusic.com. And again, I'll put that all out there when I'm ready. Okay. Um, no, no use of paying a monthly thing if I don't have a product to sell. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully by February that'll be good to go.
2: All right, well glad to hear it man. And as always I'm at fairly dark on Twitter. Are you on Twitter Brian? I think you are, but
5: Actually, I am. You are? Okay. Um, I don't use it a lot. Me neither, um, not a lot. Since I've been promoting stuff, I try to put it on there. Yes, yes. Uh,
2: yeah. What is that now? Just Brian Devo? Is it I think
5: it's just Brian Devo.
2: Okay. I I think I found it once, but I, I I I know I've tagged you. So we'll see. Instagram, are you on Instagram?
5: Yeah, the Instagram is DeVoe Bryan for some reason. Okay. Um, But I think if you search my name, it'll just come up anyway. And then Nine Days Ban Instagram.
2: Okay, I have them and not you. That's weird. Okay, I'll have to get you now. We are at it's kettle.whistle.radio on Instagram, folks. Like I said, at fairly dark Twitter get us on Facebook Sean Feldbush, David Fairhead Kettle whistle radio is pretty much everywhere you find podcasts this way you could you could basically google an episode with a name and it comes up so but if you need to go to our kettle whistle radio page on Facebook and you can check up all the updates and then when guys like Brian have something new to put out or something to say we'll post it all right and uh, always thanks for listening Sean you got anything to say uh, in the end here happy covid nope. no no <laughs> yep <laughs> I never,
4: he always throws that at me at
2: the end. Like, yes, I do. Hey, I'm going to get you. What do you got to say, Sean? Well, here's the thing something you need to know, Sean. You were not my first co host, and I'm going back to Brian days because me and Brian recorded some cassettes back then in sixth I did. grade. Oh, my God, Brian. No, they, they're gone. Don't worry. I don't have them. Uh, we would we make those stupid tapes, you know, slumber party things. We make up ridiculous storylines, and very few people, but some, heard them. And some, oh man, I,
5: wish, I wish you had those. I,
2: cool. I, I might have something, but there are people that remember them, like our friend Donna Farrell. You remember her well. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And some of the Facebook people were actually witness to that in the sixth, into, oh, not seventh grade, but we did ridiculous shit talking like Jawas and stuff like that. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you remember that. I know you do. Know.
5: <laughs> I always tell my wife this. I still remember we were, it was, I don't know if it was, it was during lunch, I think. And in New Lane, you had those, mm. par- those those walls on wheels, you know?
2: Yeah, it was an open classroom and, environment, folks, yeah.
5: And it was you, me, and whoever sitting at a table, and I took the ruler, oh. and I hit it. Yes. You know how I used to flip the ruler off? Yes. And it went right over the wall. Yep. And we were like, oh, no. Yep. And then the, the teacher's aide came in and yes. it hit her in the head. <laughs> yes.
2: She came around. She's hitting her hand, hitting her ruler on her hand, looking. I was like,
5: I didn't, I, it wasn't me. I was like, it wasn't me.
2: Yeah, she knew exactly. And she because we were laughing, she laughed, too. Um, she, we did not get in trouble that time, but let me write some things down, Brian. Uh, I'll embarrass you next time.
3: <laughs> oh, wait,
2: I got to go with, uh, uh, before we go to dad's, definitely dad's guitar, which we're going out with one last thing on, on Darth Vader and star Wars. Uh, sure. the day he passed and I told the story last night during a meeting. Um, the only time this has ever happened, I have the, 12 uh, inch action figure still from back then. When I found out, it fell off the wall. It fell off the wall in my room that I have a room where all my collectibles hit the ground. Didn't know it till I walked in and saw them on the floor. Now that thing has never moved, and and my wife's like, "You got to post that on Facebook." I'm like, "If I put that on Facebook, nobody's gonna believe me that that happened." But here I am telling you, it effin' happened. Um, and Sean, you know the figure because it's usually towering above your head. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
5: yeah. My brother's got that one. I had Luke Skywalker, and I think I sold it to uh, to a
2: shop over here <laughs> oh uh, I hope you made some dough that guy's worth some money the, the big one the 12 inch one
5: it, it was missing a bunch of stuff yeah but
2: <laughs> alright hey thanks for your time it was fun once yeah, again informative and uh, we're gonna go out with dad's guitar and buy full heart folks support the cause yeah. alright go, uh,
4: go
2: grugo <laughs> grugo that's, oh, cool.
4: no, Grogu.
2: Grogu, that's gonna be the next Grogu. song
4: right. go, that's, that's your next
2: album bingo yeah man it is yeah <laughs> alright Good night, folks thanks for listening take care
1: they put it in a box back in 67 And shipped it to the local music store It sat there for a while Hanging on the wall That Yamaha was all she could afford And Mama brought it home Daddy got it tuned up right and he wound up sitting there all night playing all those cowboy songs. Hank Williams to George Jones, white lighting right down to your cold, cold heart. Never was a big stage dreamer, but that blue collar six stringer held us together when the times got hard. That made a lot of them. There's only one of them, Dad's guitar. Mm-mm. Don't think I saw him smile bigger than he did the first time he showed me that G chord. I started my first band the day I turned 16. And I never thought I wanted nothing more Then I got all mixed up in that music city scene But no matter where I was, I knew where he would be Playing all those cowboy songs, Hank Williams to George Jones White lightning right down to your cold, cold heart Never was a big stage dreamer But that blue-collar six-stringer Held us together when the times got hard It made a lot of them But there's only one of them Dad's guitar And my brother brought it by The day we laid him down And when I'm missing him Play all those cowboy songs Hank Williams to George Jones White lightning right down to your cold, cold heart Never was a big stage dreamer But that blue-collar six-stringer Held us together when the times got hard We made a lot of them But there's only one of them Yeah, played a lot of them trade nothing Dad's guitar